All right, we're all set here, game. we got a hell of a show, a lot of people to be talking to tonight. It's going to be a lot of fun. Strewman here, Steve Strasinski, the four outdoorsman. Brandon Backstrom behind the glass. Mark Lukey here is my buddy here. And uh, Sam Oftedal. We'll talk more about this in the second half of the show. But he's you, – are we, you can leave us now that you're a big shot. I'm not leaving you. You All guys right. are the reason that I've Don't made it Don't forget the life. little people. Yeah. I. You guys are – if I – was getting married right now to my beautiful wife. You'd both be in my wedding. Uh, not me. I wouldn't. It cost too much, man. Yeah, I was a best man twice, and it cost way too much money. I didn't say best man. <laughs> uh, I was more thinking like a reading. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's got experience in that. Yeah, I do have that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen or heard, uh, Sam and his family uh, just bought Capra's Outdoors. The probably again, like I said in, in my promo for the show, kind of probably the. From what I understand, the most successful independent sporting goods store in the probably state of Minnesota the last 50 years. And so um, I'm, I'm proud of you. That's a big, big deal. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, Dean and his family and his Ted, his dad, Ted, started back in the, the 80s. They did a, a heck of a job. Um, and the legacy is there. And, you know, I'm, I'm very honored to, to continue and have the torch passed to me and my kids someday. And, yeah, so me and my beautiful wife and uh, my in-laws, Brian and Carla, we're, uh, we're fired up. I thought you were saying they're already fired. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, we're nope. already hiring. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nope, but no, it's it's super, super exciting. So I'm, I'm very blessed and very thankful. That's going to be a lot of fun because uh, Dean uh, Camper is going to join us at 640 tonight and, and talk about the change in their career. That's a, There's got to be a billion he's stories. He's on Aruba by now? That's, no, he, my uh, ties? no. He's, no. Uh, he's online right now looking for Velcro tennis shoes. Yeah. And all those re- also old retired guys. You know, He's like, a riot, though. He'll have some funny one-liners. Like we walked out of the closing, and he was walking with a limp. I said, you all right? He goes, no, my wallet's heavier. <laughs> yeah, I feel pretty good. He's, He's pretty a good, good dude. Good for him. Yeah, we got a great show tonight. 610, we got a young kid named... Uh, Parker Christofferson, we talked about him and Elk Hunter. And then uh, Brianne Deitz from Minot, North Dakota, who is a deer hunter and had an interesting experience while she was in her ground blind deer hunting. It's going to be a fun, fun show. But, uh, yes, it is. Hey, Stuart, I gotta, you're getting around a lot better. It's good to see you up and about. Last week it was rough for you. It's really that. rough. It's, 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 uh, mornings are really bad. I'm having, I had a knee replacement 12 days ago, and it's – you know, you, you, I want it done now. I want to go yeah. out and play golf tomorrow, and and uh, it's this will be a three month deal, and I just have to understand, I'm not going to see improvements every day. And frankly, you know, to to make this thing work, you have to work it a lot yourself. You can't sit on your ass the entire day. So I'm trying my best to stretch, and and go to the limits. I'm I'm both, you know, extending my leg and putting my leg back. And I ask myself, can I do more? Or am I doing enough or not? And I just don't know because I still can't put. If I'm laying on my back, this is frustrating after 12 days. If I'm laying on my back, I cannot lift my leg off the ground. And that made, that bothers me. There's something. Yeah. <laughs> I know I got legs like chicken legs, but I still should have some, some kind of muscle up there to be able to pick that thing up. So I'm right. working on that. That's the one thing we have to work with. But I've got uh, all I got is time, man. So uh, I'm blessed. It makes you, it makes you really, you know, every day is a, a gift. Yeah, it is. And you look at people that are walking. And you think I, I should be doing that? So uh, you're one. You're one of the guys, though. I told you this actually before you walked in or went into the surgery. Is Mark can back me up in this. Strew is one of the guys that if they give you the physical therapy regimen that you needed at home, you're you're going to do it. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. most guys, like oh, I'm just going to try and do a little bit. Like oh, it hurts. I'm going to stop. You're the guy that would do it. Yes. So the the pain that you're going through right now, this too shall pass, my yeah. man. There's a guy, a friend of mine. That I told Mark this on the way here. Uh, Ronnie Coolis. He was a receiver for. 
The Gophers and Tony Dungy. Yeah, Tony Dungy when he played for oh, the cool. U. And I golfed with him once in a while. Coincidentally, he had a knee replacement two days after I, I had mine. Hmm. And he's my age, our age, because Tony Dungy, that's my era kind of deal. And, and, uh, and he, we talked today. He said uh, he saw the photograph of me with my walker. This man's got to get rid of that walker. He's got to get moving. Well, he's, he's not using his walker today. He's, he's really? Ten days? I'm proud of you. Cooley, I'm proud of you. But I'm, I'm going to bail out. I'm going to hang on to this room for a while. I don't yeah. want to push it. Yeah. Don't, don't rush yourself. But, uh, no, I'm blessed. Uh, we're all blessed. But other than that, well, i got to do a shout-out to L. Mangine's a good friend of mine, my kidney guy. Everyone knows that I donated a kidney to L. Mangine. His mom was a friend of mine and my family for many years when we were growing up in high school. And uh, she's 93 years old. So I'm not going to bitch anymore because she just had a, a knee replacement on Thursday at the age of nice. 93. So Lynn, wow. I think it's Lynn. Uh, boy, I'm pulling for a young lady, and uh, you and I are going to share a cocktail in a week or two when we're when we're, we're, we're when we're amending. So good, good for you, young lady. Go ahead, Dustin. Mark. Uh, if we're doing shout outs, I might as well blow through these right now. First shout out is from me and all my coworkers at Ron Share Productions who scored five Midwest Emmys on Saturday night. Nice. Kelly Joe, uh, one of my good friends there, and and. All the people that do all the hard work actually making the video content, congratulations for five Emmys. I saw some cool pictures. Um, next up, and again, if you want to be on the Four Doorsman shout-out, just comment on our Facebook post every week, and we'll read it. First one's from Steve Renneberg. Most people traded in the fishing rods for a shotgun this weekend, thanks to snow flurries all weekend. Still lots of grouse in the woods here, uh, this is success here as success for grouse hunters remains high. Um, Tom Street says, was nice getting my new side-by-side up to the cabin this weekend, pulling boat lift and docks next weekend. That's a smart thing. It's getting cold. Twin Cities Unlimited says, hope everyone had a great weekend. Looking forward to our November 3rd meeting with Scott McAtoon and Craig Rudolph Jr. says, good family weekend. Got the blinds set for youth season this week. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, starts on the 20th. Deer hunting is coming up fast, and uh, I'm still in fishing mode, boys. Oh, yeah. I got the chance to go out Monday um, with Travis Frank, probably the best musky guide in the Twin Cities. I got to say that. And, of course, it was 75 degrees and sunny for two days straight. That's, yeah. not, that's not good for musky. It's not fishing. good for musky. The, no. the thing about – and listen to me talk like I'm an expert. Yeah. But, well, you are now. Um, the thing about October fishing for muskies is they're putting their feed bag on, right? They're eating as much as they can. Stuffing themselves for winter. Like so, a bear. So when the cold weather hits, that's when the muskies start biting. So we had two really warm days. Uh, my um, client, John, got a muskie, so he actually caught one, which is awesome. We had a couple follows, but um, it was it was very slow. The cool thing about going with Travis, Travis Frank, um, host of Do North Outdoors, has been a muskie guide since he was 13 years old, yeah. 14 years old. yeah. On Lakes Waconia and Minnetonka, he can literally say, I know that there's a 37 and a half incher on that rock. Like, he knows specific fish in specific locations. That's amazing. And he's like, whether he bites or not, like, he knows. And, and I believe him, too. Oh, yeah. Like, he knows exactly where. He's like, this flat here, there should be six to seven muskies. We'll see if one of them will bite. Like, he knows the number. He has them named. Yeah, he has the number, the sizes, you know, approximate locations. Like, it is crazy. So, unfortunately, wow. they were not biting well. Had a great time, learned some things. We fished with sucker minnows that were the size of walleyes I would keep. It really? was, they were crazy. <laughs> they were 15 bucks a piece. They were 14 inch sucker minnows. It was crazy. 15 bucks for a, 
one minnow. So you weren't using any of one of those big old floppy. We did that too. Uh, so we we used uh, sucker minnows just dangling over the side of the boat in a harness, and then we also casted um, sometimes. Uh, and those caught, lures are more than fifteen dollars a piece. Right? Yeah, those are way more than that too. Yeah, thirty so forty bucks yep. sometimes. Yep, I. Uh, and if you need one, uh, you can get them at uh, Capra Sporting Goods <laughs> yeah. on Highway 65. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it is. It's it not is. how it's going to work, pal. <laughs> yes, it is. So we didn't do well, but uh, I learned a lot about musky fishing, learned patterns, and got a sore arm. It's amazing how much uh, how much you have to cast. Hey, we, we have a guest on the, sh- on the line right now. Uh, thanks for calling in, or we called you. Is this Parker Christofferson from Lancaster, Minnesota? Yeah. How you doing, young man? Are you, can you hear me, Parker? Yeah. Okay. So uh, if, you, if you're on speakerphone, take it off of speakerphone, if you would, because it's a lot easier. Can you do that? Yeah. I, there you go. I don't have it on speakerphone. Okay. All right. Well, now, now you sounded good. Speak right into the, uh, into the speaker part of the phone, and we'll be fine. We're talking with Parker Christofferson, and I was giving my buddy Mark... A little sass, because Mark hasn't gotten a deer in about 20 years, and you are an 11-year-old kid who got your first elk this year. How how did you end up getting a permit? What are the odds of getting a permit for elk in northern Minnesota? Do you know that answer? I don't know. I tell you no, what. No, but it, it's pretty high. You know, there's not a lot of people out there that get a once-in-a-lifetime take at my age. You know that's crazy, and I, I know you said that we talked earlier, and you got it like the uh, through the landowner area of of permits, I think, and I think there were only six in your section that were given out this year, and you were lucky enough to get drawn for one of those. That's cool. Who else in your family has ever gone elk hunting or gotten an elk before? Has anyone else got an elk? Elk in your go ahead, go ahead, Josh. Really hard to understand you. Uh oh. Sorry. And then I'll try to speak more slowly. I don't know why that is because, um, oh, my buddy Mark said that there were 42 statewide, 42, I mean, Sam, what was that, Sam? 42 tags statewide, seven for each uh, section up there. I wonder how many people apply for those permits, <laughs> oh, though. tons. All, all, over right. the na- all over the state. Parker, do us a favor, then. Who, who else in your family elk hunts? Who else? I, that was fuzzy. I didn't hear you. Okay. So if in and did any of those other people hunt with you? No, you're the only person who hunted this year, right? You're the only person who got a permit this year. Do I know one person? No. Are you the only person in your family who got a permit this year? In our family? Yeah. Are you, are you the only one? In our family, nobody. Okay, except you. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Then tell us all about the hunt, because I don't. I we didn't even we weren't even aware that there were a lot of elk in northern Minnesota. Tell us all about the hunt. What it included, what time of the day you got up, had you seen this elk before? Just tell us the whole story. Okay, so it was opening day, woke up at 4, went to this one outside blind, and we, we sat there for a couple hours, and my feet got cold. So we slowly walked back to the pickup, and uh, we thought we saw him, but we just kept walking, my feet were numb. And then uh, we just drove around the rest of the day and didn't see anything. And the next morning, my friend, his dad, Chris Swenson, said uh, he can, or I could hunt on his land. They've been seeing some big bulls. 
So we sat there at seven and we saw him about 800 yards away. By the time we got to the bluff, it would have been probably a 100-yard shot. And he ran out. And then we sat there for a while. And then my real dad, Carl, was out on a bean field and said, there's bulls fighting. So we went over there and we were walking up to him around this little tree row and then we cut into the beans that I thought it was going to be quicker and it was up to our waist and it was heavy dew. By the time we made it up there, they all left and um, so we went to get breakfast. I got cold again, changed clothes, got a whole bunch of snacks, sat out there at noon. We sat there, heard a couple bugles, but not really anything. They never came in. And then all of a sudden, about 3.30, I'd say, they, he bugled out of Ralph Sostrand's land. So we bugled back to him, and he went again, bugled back, I don't know, two times maybe? Uh-huh. And then he bugled again, and then I, Dad said, oh, I don't know if you should bugle because you might overcall him, but he... Five seconds later, I said, you can, though. So I did, and then I went back to catching flies. Dad went on the phone and looked up, and he goes, oh, shoot, he's here. We're quietly switching chairs, and by the time I got there, he was right in front of us. And then I get the gun comfortable, and he goes back to the, it'd be a north window, so... Trying to get it quiet, not spooking away, and the wind is perfect. It was he could have smelt us, hundred yards away, and he gets set up again and goes to the east window. So there, got set up again, shot him once, and then he started running for I don't know, probably got to a trot about five yards and slowed down again. And I shot him again. He circled around where he was, and it took him about 15 yards, and he was down. Boy, good for you. Who was doing the bugling? Josh, were you doing the bugling, or was Parker actually bugling, bugling the elk? I was. That a boy. Who, wow. ta- who taught you how to do that? We were just practicing. Good for you. Did you catch any flies? No, I'm just kidding <laughs> you. Just kidding you. Mark, Mark's got a question for you, Parker. Parker, first thing... I realize why you're more of a successful hunter than me. You had all the wind conditions down. You had everything going on. You know your stuff, man. You should be proud of everything you're learning in the field, and congratulations. I I don't have a a big question. I just want to say you're a smart kid, and congratulations. What an experience. Yeah, thank you. Great storyteller, too. Yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, he's phenomenal. A, you need to write a book about that, yeah. man. That was that was perfect. Hey, Parker, when you realized you had a shot, how far was the elk away, and were you afraid? Were you shaking? I was shaking, and he was 100 yards away. All right. And what kind of uh, rifle were you using? 30-06. Man, oh, man, you know everything. I'll tell you what. But uh, good for you. Um, were you surprised? Because you've never shot... I, well, I guess you have shot because you've gotten a couple of deer before. Did, you went deer hunting last year, right? Yep. And you got two deer last year at the age of 10. Yeah. Well, that's that's no fair, kid. That's no fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's, just, that's just no fair. 
That's so exciting. So who is who is the one that really got you interested in hunting? I don't know. I mean, I've always been around people hunting, my grandpa. My whole family has been, and I just got into interest shooting guns and stuff. And, yeah, I love hunting. I'm going to ask you, I'm asking you a question, a very important question. Did you dress out the deer yourself? Did you dress it out and skin it and all that kind of good stuff? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Yeah, well played. I tell you what, Parker, Parker Christofferson of, of uh, Lancaster, Minnesota, congratulations. That's a once-in-a-lifetime deal, and it happened to you at the age of 11. So you better get used to things that aren't going to be as exciting the rest of your life because, you know. <laughs> it's, it's all downhill from It's here. all downhill. Yeah. <laughs> it's like catching a 29-inch walleye your first cast. But uh, congratulations, Parker. Thanks for sharing the story in the four outdoorsmen. Uh, we'll stay in touch, and I want you to show me, send me pictures of it when you get it mounted. Will you please? All right, you guys. Josh, thanks for taking care of this young man. Keep him out in the woods. And, uh, Parker, you take care of yourself. And, again, congratulations from the four outdoorsmen. Yeah, thank you. You bet. Take care, young man. Man, what a What a cool kid. What a storyteller. Wow. 11 11 years years old. Hey, years old. Real, that's an amazing story. Real yeah. quick, if I can piggyback on the shout-outs beforehand, I wanted to give, before we go to break, Rob Driesline a great mm-hmm. shout-out for that outdoor news story he did on us. Um, really appreciate it, and it's going to be in the paper this week too, so I really, really appreciate it. Got anybody else yet, buddy? Uh, it's break time. It's oh. break time. Okay. What time Are is you it? on painkillers? <laughs> Play some music. Be right back with uh, Brianne Dites, I think it is. It is Dites. The Four Outdoorsmen. Just average guys that love to hunt and fish and chew the fat on Bob Outdoors. Tired of losing your valuables down the ice fishing hole? Our friend Bill Katz with BK Outdoors LLC has the most simple, affordable solution on the market. Katz covers are a strong polycarbonate hole cover you can stand on and fish through. Your phone, electronics, keys, kids, and pets can now be safe with this simple solution. Go to CatsCovers.com. That's K-A-T-Z-K-O-V-E-R-Z.com. Made in Minnesota, a veteran-owned company. You can order yours directly or visit one of Bill's great retail partners to get yours now. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. As far as I'm concerned, this is the best time of the year by far in Minnesota. And just walking the woods near Ely, Minnesota makes my day, whether I bring home a couple of grouse or not. And I stop by Arrowhead Outdoors on the east end of town every time I get up there where Chris and Steve, well, they direct not only me, but everyone else to hundreds of miles of public trails. The grouse numbers are way up, and Arrowhead Outdoors, they've got everything for you that you need for a memorable bird hunt. You've got fall fishing, grouse hunting, Ely, Minnesota, Arrowhead Outdoors, bait, tackle, and hunt camp. This is Mark Lukey here for Everest Men's Health. You know, a couple, I would say about a year ago, I just, I noticed I started feeling down. I had no motivation. I couldn't lose weight. 
And uh, I decided I needed to do something about it. So I went to Everest Men's Health, got a $50 blood uh, consultation, blood test, and testosterone check, and figured out that something was going on. I've been going on there for nine months now, feel so much better. Go to EverestMensHealth.com. They have three locations, Everest Men's Health. You know, we've been dragging, bragging about Devil's Lake for years, about everything that Devil's Lake has to offer all of us who love the outdoors. But let's face it, it's Devil's Lake's walleyes and jumbo perch that still draw thousands of anglers every year. You know, walleye season, of course, is open 12 months a year. There's no slot limit. You can keep five a day and have 10 in possession. And then throw in your limit of 20 jumbo perch. You go home and braid your buddies and share the story with the world. You need a guide or hotel information. Ice fishing is as good as it gets. Go to devilslakend.com. Get ahead of the game and get your ATV trailer into Crystal Welding for repairs before hunting season. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove services all trailers. Crystal Welding is also your local Hineker dealer, carrying Hineker snow plows and winter accessories. Get your repairs scheduled now and be prepared for the season before it starts. Stop in a schedule or go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Broadcasting live from the Barnhouse Exteriors Studios. Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com. Have storm damage? Need a new roof? Go to BarnhouseExteriors.com for a free, no-obligation consultation. Total Country Bob FM. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to the 4 Outdoorsman Radio Show. I'm trying to find out where Minots, North Dakota is. My buddy, uh, my buddy Sam's real quick with these... You know, this cell phone stuff. He's got the big Google Maps and all that kind of crap ready. Uh, the four outdoorsmen, Sam, Strewman, Mark Luke, and Brandy behind the glass. We have a young lady on the air right now, I'm guessing. Brianne, right? We got Brianne Zeitz. Brianne, welcome to the four outdoorsmen. Hi, thank you. How are you tonight? I'm good. How about you? Every day's a gift, young lady. I'm doing well. Now, you're, <laughs> were, you, were you born and raised in Minot, North Dakota, in that general area? What's that? Were you born and raised in Minot? Yeah. Okay. And you love to hunt and fish. How, lo- how long have you been hunting and fishing? Um, well, I fished with my grandma for northern when I was younger, but I didn't start hunting until I met my husband about 13 years ago. That's cool because uh, you, you're going to share something later on that's really cool. You talked about your husband a little bit as well. So he's the one that got you into hunting, right? That's right. Does it, and what kind of hunting are you involved with? I know you like to do whitetail hunting because that's what this story is about for the most part. But what other hunting do you do up in the Minot area? Um, I goose hunt with him sometimes. We actually just went pheasant hunting about 10 minutes ago just to see what we could find. Life's a bitch and then you die. Well, that's a, that's a good spot to be. I mean, you just walk out your door and hunt a few birds and come back and be on the radio show. That's a good life. That's right, it is. Yeah, good. <laughs> Sam's got something. Yeah, I was going to say, Strew and Mark probably don't know this, but let's say the Why Not slogan together, you and I. Ready? One, two, three. Why not, my not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Did she even know that? Did you make Come that on, up? you knew that, right? I'll tell you, freezing's the reason. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anybody? I was saying that because of hunting, you can do everything. Why not, my not? Anybody who uh, makes fun of me, uh, Brianne, is on the air for about 14 seconds, so be careful there. <laughs> oh, let's talk about the story. Can we talk about other stuff as well? But you like to whitetail hunt. So, how, many, how long have you been whitetail hunting, and how many have you gotten whitetail before? 
Um, I've only been bow hunting for about four years. All right. And have you so have you rifle hunted before that or just started bow hunting? I rifle hunted before that. Okay. But I just bow hunting is my favorite. I love it. You know, I would too. I mean, I've, I've done it a couple of times, not seriously, but I just love the time of the year. You know, being outside right now as compared to 15 degrees when it's windier than heck and all that, this is a nice time of the year. Good for you. So did you deer hunt this year as well? Um, yeah, let's say last year. Did you get a deer last year? Last year I did not. Did you have a chance at any deer with your bow last year? I did, yeah. But, I, well, at first I was kind of being picky. I wanted a buck. And shot at one, but that didn't work out. And then after that, I just never saw anything. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you, my buddy Mark Lukey was going to talk to you in a couple of seconds here. I love him dearly. Uh, he's been hunting in most of his life. He's from the Wisconsin area. But he really hasn't had a chance at a white-tailed deer the last, like, 20 years or so because he's always wanted a buck. Now, if, it's, if, it, if it makes noise and walks. If it's brown, it's down Yeah, this that's year. right, yeah. If it's, if it's the size of a ch- <laughs> chihuahua, he's going to blast it. i got a family it. to feed now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, let's talk about the story. Now, you were deer hunting. Was this only a couple of weeks ago? Yep. Okay. This is a phenomenal story. You were deer hunting in a ground blind, and that's fairly unusual, I think. Everybody, I think 90% of the people still believe they got to be 25 feet off the ground to get a, a deer with a bow. And so you bow hunted th- with through your blind on the ground. Is that common where you hunt? Um, most of the time I would rather sit in a blind than be in a deer stand, yeah. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm 71 years old, man. I'm not crazy going up that high anymore, but... All right, so tell us, tell us a story. You were, this was a couple of weeks ago. Tell us a story. You got up in the morning, made your coffee, and tell us what happened. <laughs> well, it was, gosh, in the evening. Okay. I came home from school, and my husband had to work late. So I had called him on the way home, and I said, all right, honey, where should I, where should I go sit just to see what I can see? He's like, well, go down to the blind we have you know, near our house. I was like, all right. So I went down there, and this is the first time we've ever, I'd ever sat in this area. And so I was like, well, I'll just go sit there and see what I can see. You know, if if the big one I'm looking for comes out, then I'll give that a try. But otherwise, it was, I just enjoy sitting there. It's relaxing. Good, good idea. So I went, sat down there, and I saw the moose up on top a ways away. And it was just kind of up in the top of a field eating. And I was like, oh, there's a moose. Okay. And I had didn't have great cell reception. So I was texting my friend, and I was like, yeah, there's a moose. Text my husband, there's a moose. My friend's like, oh, be careful. <laughs> and then it came down the hill, and it was still on the other side of this, like, where water used to run, but it was dried up. And it was about 29 yards, and I took a picture of it, and I sent it, and it took forever to send. And I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, there's a moose about 30 yards away. That's great. Have you ever seen this then, moose? Hang on, Breen. Have you ever seen a moose or this mount, uh, this moose before? Did you know, it's, it's, are moose that common in the Monad area? Because you said, ah, I saw, there's a moose up there. I thought, I thought uh, that, that'd be a really big deal for us to see a moose. We just sounded like it was not a big deal. Have you seen that moose before? Um, I've seen moose around, okay. Okay. but not like, like I haven't really 
I've seen one hunting before, but it was way across the, the coulee. Mm-hmm. And it was running away from me at that time. But this time when the moose was down there, I was like, that was a first for me. And then when it started walking towards me, <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't know what to do. Like, <laughs> should I call my husband and put him on speakerphone? Like, he didn't tell me what to do if this happened. Like, he can talk the moose down for you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, right? I know. And so then it just kept walking towards me, and I was like, well, I'm going to video it anyway. So I started up my video camera on my phone, and then it came in, and it basically put its, like, little beard on my knee. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. My heart was pounding. I was shaking. I thought, well, at least I got it on camera, whatever happens after this. How long How long did that – now, you didn't make any noise whatsoever. My guess is, if, if I were you, I would have done exactly the same thing, but – I, I I don't know. Are there any calves around this time of the year? Probably not. But if there were calves around, I'm thinking that moose could have been very protective. That could have been a dangerous situation. Right. And that's what I thought, too. If if it would have had a baby with it, I don't know if it would have came in mm-hmm. so close and curious. Yeah. But at that point, the thought through my head was if there was – a calf with it, I probably would have made noise, hopefully, and it yeah. would have, like, far away. Yeah. I don't know what I would have done. Yeah. I didn't know what to do at the time. I was just like, well, I'm just going to pretend I'm not here. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work. Good, Sam. So I know, like, when, you, when you're when you hunting and you see, like, a big deer, you know, it feels like 10 seconds took two hours, you know. It's, like, just intense. But you still had a lot of light left in day, so how long did it take you to, like, calm down uh, and were you nervous walking out at dark? Um, it took me, well, I sat there after it ran away, and I texted my husband, and I said, well, I should just leave because I doubt I'll see any deer. And he's like, well, you never know. So I sat there, calmed down. I was still just kind of like, what just happened? <laughs> really? <laughs> and then I always, I always am kind of nervous walking out in the dark. Yeah. But at that time, I was like, am I going to walk out and meet this deer, you know, by the four-wheeler that I rode over there or or this moose? Right. And I was just like, well, I got to go home somehow. So here we go. Yeah, even I. I did see it. I did see it when I was driving home. It crossed the road in front of me. Even I would have, um, I would have waited till dark. Not no. me. Not a chance. Go ahead, Mark. Were you like me? I would have fought every urge. Did you think about petting it? <laughs> Do you think about I just rubbing behind the ears yeah. and say, good girl? No, <laughs> no she no, never. that thought never crossed my mind. Man, when I saw the video, I'm like, I just want to hug it. Who's a good moose? Who's a good, Who's a good moose? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is amazing. You know, I'll tell you what. If you get a chance to look at the video, you can go to our, our Four Outdoorsman yep. website. It's on there as well. And my Facebook page, and it's all over the world right now, I'm guessing. But that moose had to be... What's that? Six, seven, eight hundred pound moose. More than that. Is that right? More than that. They're they're dang near a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. It was about nine hundred to a thousand. You know, I wonder what would happen legally if you if this thing gets close to you like that and you think you're in danger and you blast it. I mean, that's that's okay, isn't it? I she guess. just went to posted the video. <laughs> I, 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 she <laughs> right. Have, no, I'm. I don't know. I'm guessing that. 
out of self-defense, you probably could, but I have no idea. That thought never crossed my mind either because all I had was my bow and arrow. Yeah. So you feel comfortable still bow hunting from the ground? Yep. All right. Now, speaking of that, let's get back to that, and maybe we'll talk a little bit about, about the moose again later on. But So this year, deer hunting from your ground blind, did you have a successful season? I did. Had a girl. Yep, that following Saturday, I stuck my deer. Had a girl from the same blind? No, it was from a different one. Is this all public land or private land? It's all my dad's land. Well, good, good. daddy's one of my best friends now. Tell him you know Super Strew from the Four Outdoors. Good for you. Good for you. Tell us about that. Thanks. Tell us about that hunt. How how long did it take? Did, how long before you saw the deer? Before you got the shot? Tell us all that stuff. Well, I went out about I don't know six six fifteen maybe went and walked out sat in the blind, and it was you know, probably 10 minutes before shooting time. And I was like, well, I'm going to give it five more minutes, you know, to shooting time or to the end of shooting time or whatever. And it was right around that time. I had probably minutes before shooting time was over. Good for you. And I was like, well, I'm going to, you know, I unknocked my arrow and I took off my mask and I put my binoculars away, getting ready to walk out. And I look up, and it was walking in. Like, it ran in fast and then stopped. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I'm ducked down in the blind, and I knock my arrow back on. (laughs) I put my mask back on. I was like, well, I ranged it. And I was like, well, I think this is the one I've been going after, I've been waiting for, you know. So 25 yards, I shot it, and then it ran. And then it just stopped, and I watched it with my binoculars for probably 10, 15 minutes, and I was watching it and watching it because I didn't want to lose it. And then it disappeared. And my husband wasn't with me because he had taken my friend's son youth hunting. So I call, I'm call. i trying to call my husband and get a hold of him. He's not answering, and I'm like, well, what do I do? So I text my friend. I'm like, well, I, I shot one, and I watched it. Now it's gone, so I don't really know what to do. I'm just going to sit and wait. So I did. I sat and waited for about 20 minutes. Then my husband called me, and he's like, hey, honey, did you get it? I said, yeah, I did. So then I said, what do I do now? <laughs> well, you get out. Get out of the blind. Yeah, and I'm like, get okay. It. Yeah, clean the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So then he came down, and... We walked out and found it together. Good for you. Good for you. What size was it? How many points? All that kind of good stuff. Um, it was a four by four. We didn't measure it closely. Good for you. What kind I was of, happy what, with it. What kind of bow are you using? Uh, I don't know. Come on. We're going to ask you a question. Lie to me. You'll lie to me. We're going to lie, lie to me. We're on the radio because Sam <laughs> knows all about bows. Dan, what, what, kind of, uh, Brian, what kind of bow are you using? Make it up. Um. I'm not even sure. <laughs> I, I can't even make it up. A good one. <laughs> one that works. <laughs> one that works. Hey, congratulations, young lady. I tell you, that's fun. I'm going to ask you one more question. Have you gotten any phone calls about other – now, we're big shots, the four outdoorsmen in the Twin Cities. Any other big medias that got a hold of you said to tell the story? Um, I've had um, WDAY-TV. Cool. Um, Outdoor News mm-hmm. talk yeah. to me. Um, Drury Outdoors. Oh, good. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. they, um, 
had me on a podcast. One thing you mentioned to me when we spoke earlier a couple of days back, you said something about some kind of scent that you had on that was your perfume or something that you said that you, that brought the moose in. You thought, what what am I doing to bring this moose in? What 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 did you have on? Some kind of a scent or something you were talking about? Well, I had every time before I go out bow hunting, I'll shower and you know nonsense and wash my clothes in it and everything. And then when I get out to the blind, my husband always taught me to jam the blind, so I sprayed nose jammer inside the blind and it has kind of a vanilla scent to it oh that a girl good so for that's you. what it smelt i think <laughs> good for you Rianne, thanks for being on the four outdoors we're gonna wrap it up congratulations you know, enjoy the moose meat that's the second best meat in the world i think next to elk i think and uh, enjoy it and keep hunting and and share the stories and try to try to share this life with other kids as well all right all right well thank you very much have a good have a good time thanks for being so nice that's a fun story go ahead mark you- <laughs> you said enjoy the moose meat. I don't think she killed meat. the moose. She didn't shoot the moose. Oh, that's right. <laughs> She's gone now. But. Hey, Brianne. Hey, Brianne. When you listen to this show, forget about it. <laughs> Brandon was so quick on the hangout. Yeah. Enjoy that moose She meat. slit its throat the second <laughs> yeah. it stuck its head in. Uh, enjoy uh, the moose meat. It's better than any other meat. If the whole world were a tuxedo, I'd be a brown pair of shoes. <laughs> oh, go ahead. <laughs> right back with um, your buddy Dean Capper Bob FM home of the four wheels of fun ATV giveaway Register to win the last key at the Lookout Bar and Grill in Maple Grove today. Zeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new, efficient equipment that comes with a free, industry-leading warranty. Zeal Heating and AC, serving Wright County and the West Metro. For details, call our comfort consultants or go to DeZealHVAC.com. Clam Outdoors has what ice anglers need for ice fishing this winter. From portable fish traps and pop-up hub shelters to ice armor by Clam Outerwear and cold weather gear to stay warm on those cold winter days. Along with a wide array of accessories, Clam Pro Tackle, Frost Ice Line, rods, reels, and combos, and so much more. Whether you're a hardcore or casual ice angler, Clam has what you need for ice fishing. Check out the full line of ice fishing gear at ClamOutdoors.com. This is Mark Lukey for Everest Men's Health. You know what? I got pretty sick of the standard healthcare system. You go, you have to do video conferences, you you wait forever, you have to wear a mask. It's it's just dumb. There's a healthcare system out there designed just for men that can help you out. It's called Everest Men's Health. They're specialists in men's health care. You can get a $50 testosterone body composition test at any of their three Twin Cities locations. Go to EverestMensHealth.com. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of winter. So if I get a chance, uh, sometimes you got to beat them, and, and uh, you can't beat them. you got to join in, I guess, and I do that exactly every chance I get when I go ice fishing up near Ely, Minnesota. And uh, who do I turn to up there, of course, is Arrowhead Outdoors, Ely's largest and only bait tackle store that is open all year round. 
It's got great service. You know, it starts with commitment, and commitment, that starts with passion. Chris and Steve have all of that. And why was Arrowhead Outdoors voted the best fishing outfitter in the state of Minnesota? There's only one way to find out. Get your butt up there and check them out. Arrowhead Outdoors, EliMN.com. It's that time of the year, and Devil's Lake is the destination. I'm thinking of fall walleyes in the morning, bird hunting in the afternoon, and a ribeye steak in the evening. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, just might be the premier city in the country for multi-species hunting and fishing all in the same trip. Hey, we're blessed to make a couple of trips to Devil's Lake every year. It truly is an outdoor lover's Disney world. Bring your fishing rod, bring your shotgun, bring your golf clubs, bring your family. Visit devilsleknd.com. Get ahead of the game and get your ATV trailer into Crystal Welding for repairs before hunting season. Crystal Welding in Maple Grove services all trailers. Crystal Welding is also your local Hineker dealer, carrying Hineker snowplows and winter accessories. Get your repairs scheduled now and be prepared for the season before it starts. Stop in a schedule or go to crystalwelding.com for more information. Crystal Welding gets the job done. No time to smoke because we do it all. Laughing and learning on the four outdoorsmen, I'll tell you, that's what it's all about, and that's all we do. We just BS and tell stories and make people feel good. It's a lot of fun. Uh, thanks, everybody. Strewman here, Mark, Lukey, Sam, Brandy behind the glass. Hey, if you get a chance after this show at 7 o'clock, Real Talk Outdoors follows us. Listen to those guys. You might learn something instead of just us BS. <laughs> they actually you. have information yeah, that's valuable. Knowledgeable. <laughs> something that's helpful. <laughs> but we're going to get some information right now that, that's really going to help all of us, and, and we're going to enjoy this conversation Hey, Sam, bring this guy in, would you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like we said earlier in the show, me and my family were blessed to uh, continue a legacy that this man and his father and his brother started, uh, Mr. Dean Capra. How you doing, man? Good. Good. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, obviously, we the news broke Friday. Um, we've kept it secret for a while, but um, an end of an era for you. Um but like I said, passing the torch on to me and my family, and uh, I can't thank you enough, and we just wanted to get you on and talk about it a little bit, and uh, we appreciate it, man. Sure. Oh, that's good. Um, it, was, it, was a, it was a journey. It was I'll a journey. tell you that. <laughs> it was but a journey. We're talking. Well, we market. got her done, and uh, you're happy, I'm happy, and I, I you know, the, the customers are going to, you know, they're, they're going to be happy, too. you got some great ideas, and we've talked about it, and I can't wait to see how, you know, how it goes forward dean this is uh mark here are you in costa rica with like you know a pina colada and an umbrella <laughs> drink somewhere or what actually actually i am sitting at a bar <laughs> <laughs> well done sir. with a miller light bottle <laughs> but it's on highway 65 and it's actually a benefit for a friend of mine that got hurt in a construction accident and um i didn't want to miss the show so i've i've been taking it easy and just donating my money, but I'm 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 here supporting a buddy of mine that got in a bad accident. Um, so yeah, but I I I will be in Costa Rica with the umbrella in my in my hand with my brother probably and Jimmy Linder and a couple other guys. We kind of had a trip planned for next uh, February, and I'm looking forward to that. You know, I'll tell you what, Strewman here. We talked earlier today as well. Costa Rica is one place that my wife and I had never been. And we're thinking about what we we got to make a couple trips a year because we're in our seventies. We haven't got much time left. And uh, have you been to Costa Rica before? I haven't, but you know, when we did the TV show years ago, I mean, we got you know the opportunity to go to Brazil and 
you know, a bunch of different places, you know, Alaska and the Northwest Territories. And, I mean, we, we were very fortunate with, you know, shooting the TV show. We went to some pretty exotic places. We're talking with uh, Dean Campra of Campra Outdoors that uh, they just sold to uh, to Sam Oftedal's family, which is really, really nice. Tell us, I mean, your family's been involved for over 50 years. That's a long time for anything. What's What's the biggest transition, the biggest changes you've seen, let's say, in the last 20 years in the outdoors industry? I would say electronics. You know, fishing electronics has you know really changed a lot. I mean, you know, from... You know, we actually started the Aquaview company along with, you know, some other partners and stuff. But with with Aquaview, it didn't catch on quite as well as this forward sonar stuff. But uh, every year there seems to be a, a technology in fishing electronics that advances everything. And it, it fuels our business. You know, the, the fishing business of portion of our store, you know, all of a sudden we had the Aquaview. Well, then we had the, you know, the next thing and the next thing. And every year, and they're always like fifteen hundred bucks or two thousand or three. You know, they're always, you know, and that that always that just fuels our business. Um, all the new technology that keeps coming, and uh, the latest I would say was for forward-facing sonar. Mm-hmm. And what's amazing too, Dean, with <clears throat> your knowledge in this, and like I'm I'm learning for it and learning from you, and is. Every year something new comes out, but you talk to you and it's been out for a couple of weeks, but it seems like you know almost everything about it. And that's because, you know, you're out on the water a lot fishing tournaments and stuff. And you've had, you won one tournament, what was that, a month ago up at, uh, was that the 3M one you won? Oh, yeah, that was, that was, oh, that was oh, a lot yeah. of fun. All modest. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that one? Yeah, no I want another one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you use 12-ounce well, weights? Well, no, it ain't, it ain't quite that way because I didn't have that good a year tournament fishing. I fished with my brother, and we, we missed the championship, and I fished the champions tour, and I missed the championship, which is Pat Martin called me and says, hey, you know, you haven't missed a championship since, like, sometime in 1990-something or whatever. And I went, well, thanks for reminding me, you know what I mean? But, yeah, no, I was fortunate enough to win the 3M deal, and it's a multi-species deal. And But Roland Martin was there, and Jimmy Houston was there, and a lot of the, you know, local guys and all that from up there and um we had a good time and i just had a good day and good couple days of fishing and it was fun you know but yeah no i'm i i'm i'm a technology guy i mean i even though i'm i'm you know i mean you have to stay on top of it and the younger kids are even better at it than i am so there's a lot of good up-and-comers in the tournament you know business that you know they're, they're they know how to run that stuff even better than i do dean you talked about fishing with your brother in tournaments all these years and and i believe you and your brother took over the business from dad. So from the time you were kids, you've been fishing together, hunting together, working together, dealing with family members on a, on a long-term basis like that so close when business decisions have to be made. That's got to be tough sometimes. You know, it, it, it wasn't as tough as you'd think because, I mean, we're, we're pretty level-headed when it comes to, to stuff like that. And my dad was my dad was the leader, but he he let me and Tony make a lot of decisions and a lot of tough decisions. And if we couldn't figure it out, we went to my dad, and he uh, – he always had the right answer. It was it was always good. So, um, and we had we had some failures, but uh, we had some we had some good ones too. You know, with Shore Lunch and Aquaview, and you know the store, and we had a, a small bracket manufacturing company that we did for Minkota Motors because when Minkota Motors came out with the power drive, you couldn't take it off the boat, and everybody wanted to take them off the boat. So, we ended up coming up with a bracket that allowed it to slide off the boat, and we sold them for many years before Minkota took it over. And that was a very good deal for us that nobody even probably knew we did. But we actually invented that bracket. Good for you, man. Good for you. 
How many years have you taken? Has it been since you took the store over from Dad, you and your brother? And then when did you and your brother sit down and talk and say, you know what, we're sixty some years old, whatever. It's time, man. It's it's. Was that a tough decision to come to? Well, no, it really didn't go that way. It was actually um, quite a few years back. We actually decided that we were going to sell the store to the employees, and I was going to help Tony run Shore Lunch and grow it, you know, huge so that we could sell it. And uh, the deal never came through with the employees to buy the store. And after a few years, Tony came to me and says, hey, I want to buy you out and buy me out a Shore Lunch and blah, blah, blah. And that, so that deal all, all happened. And, wh- and that's about the time that my dad really retired and kind of gave the reins to, to me and him. And Tony went one way with Shore Lunch, and I went the other way with the store. And, uh, you know, a few years later, Tony sold Shore Lunch to a huge company down in uh, Georgia. And now I sold the store to Sam. So we're both kind of retired and, you know, just kind of, I don't know what, I don't know what's ahead. <laughs> well, I can tell you this, you better be I, I there at 830. Brother, he likes to fish with me and I like to fish with him. So I'm pretty sure we'll be doing a lot of fishing. <laughs> you better be there tomorrow at 830, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I know. I got a little paperwork to handle. <laughs> Uh, back to the same kind of question: Was it was it emotionally difficult for you guys after all these years to to give up the reins? It well, it hasn't really sunk in, in because it only went happened on Friday. And um, I mean, I, it would be a better question to ask me that in a couple of weeks after I've actually, you know, after I've not don't have to be there every day. You know, I'm still going to go in and help Sam with everything I can, and I'll be there a lot. The next, you know, the next couple years whatever but i don't i don't know because it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's gone yet yeah if that makes sense you know i mean it's like it just happened the other day i mean they, they wired the money i didn't even see a check <laughs> you know, i know <laughs> <laughs> did, it, did it really happen it's you an know, amazing said, world oh, yeah. Says, yeah but but i mean you know it wasn't like it was the the closing went very well and i mean everything was fine and it was just like it's like it didn't really even happen it's just like i got a new new partner that i'm working with yeah. that's the way i looked at it yeah and and moving forward, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure I'll break off from it. But I mean, I like I like my job a lot, you know, that I had. And and I, I just the, the thing the day to day stuff. If I don't have to do it, I'll like it even more. You bet. Go ahead, Mark. Very cool, Dean. Thank you for joining us. And and I think the store, you know, means a lot to a lot of uh, sportsmen, especially in the North Metro. Does, what does it mean for you that um, Sam wants to keep the name Capra's? Because he he mentioned how much that name means even to him and to the customers. Are you are you happy that he decided to keep the name? Yeah, very very much so. And I, I think he's going to do a great job with it. And uh, I mean, it's you know the when you and I, I don't like talking about competition, but the Thorn Brothers they kept the name. And Greg Thorn came and actually worked for me after he sold the store. So <laughs> I mean, it was like. <laughs> As weird as that is, but I mean, you know, the, the brothers. I mean, Greg Thorne came and worked and, and actually managed my store for a while, and that was during the transition when me and Tony were trying to, you know, sell the store to the employees, and we needed a manager. And we, I mean, it was he worked there, and um, we were trying to build Shore Lunch into, a, you know, you know, a huge, huge company that was nationwide, and uh, so I mean, it's you know, the, the name is very important, and um, regardless of who's running it, the name, you know, the brand is important, and I think Sam's going to do a great job. He's got great ideas, and I've. I spent a lot of time talking to him, and I know he's the right guy for the job, and I cannot, I mean, I can't wait. I've got a front row seat of what's going to be going on. That's, I can't a, wait. that's a good line. You know, I'll tell you what, 
right now you have the best of both worlds and you deserve it. For all these years, you would not have stayed in business for 50 years if you treated people like crap, if you didn't provide a good service, didn't have a good, you know, all kind, the right kind of inventory and all of that. You did something right. Otherwise, people would not be coming back and not be coming back and back and back. So right now you've got the best of both worlds because you've earned it. You're not only a, the store Sam's now, but you get to get your fingers in the in there a little bit and keep your tabs on it just to kind of get a feel for it. It's like having grandkids and going to visit them and, and not having to stay. You know, they you take them home. You know what I'm talking about? So, uh, yep. yeah, good for you, boy. And, good and for I can you. attest to that. You know, the, the store, you know, the name is huge, but Dean being there every day, I mean, for instance, yesterday, you know, he was going to leave for two hours, but, you know, someone comes in and Dean's the first one there talking to him, like, what do you need, you know, talking him into stuff. And, you know, it, it's good to see, and that's what I, I'm excited to learn from. And, and you know, I got big shoes to Oh, fill. He, he talked him in. Oh, so you're gonna, we're getting pressure when we walk into the stores and he's talking us into stuff? Is that what Dean's you're the best no, salesman just, in this side of the Mississippi. my buddy Sam a little bit of extra mental money. Now the question I have is: Sam going to have time to go fishing anymore? He yeah. Well, for the first few years, he's going to need time to be, you know, just just running it and tightening up the ship. You, you know, but yeah, you know, there you can you can take the time. You get you know, we've got really good employees and have had really good employees, and you know what I mean. He's just going to run them and get a couple of his own employees. Um, you know, we we needed a few more, and it's pretty hard to hire people right now. And you know, Sam's got a great personality, and he's got good people that want to come work for him. I, it's going to just make the store better by having, you know, more better people there. But, I mean, the people that are there right now, I mean, you can ask anybody. Look at the reviews. You know, I mean, they're, they're the best that's out there. I mean, the, the people love them. And, you know, I, I'm i not taking credit for their <laughs> – I let them do what they do. They're good employees, and they do what they do. You know what I mean? So Sam can get a few more. I think it'll be get bigger and even better. What were your responsibilities as a 16-, 17-year-old kid – when the old man started the store, that must have been about that time. What were your responsibilities at the store? Uh, actually, it, it it didn't really go that way. Um, I was actually working managing retail stores, uh, a shoe store, and then I went. I was a shock electronics, electronic salesman, and audio king, and all that. So I had a lot of retail sales experience. And my dad and brother were actually running a repair shop out of the building because my dad was the hummingbird rep. Mm-hmm. And so they did hummingbird and Minkota repair. And uh, next door to us was a, a Bass Pro Shop franchise store that we were renting to. And um, the guy ended up selling out to a guy that wasn't paying the rent and this and that, and he just let the store go to crap. And my dad says, you know what? We could do really good business there. He's just he's not taking care of it. And Basically, when he got evicted because he wasn't paying the rent, he needed someone to run retail, and that's that's where I came in. Basically, the retail store expanded, you know, because of a, a business that was there that got, you know, like I said, basically went out of business. Well, everything happens for a reason, that's for sure. And uh, I, another thing about and this is falling into place perfectly because I know I've known Sam for four or five years now. You've known him for a lot longer than that. But obviously he has the background for a lot of knowledge about the inventory and the rifles and bows and everything else, and he's done this for many, many years. But you, as nice people who are letting this transition go as smoothly as possible, is as important as the support Sam has from family as well and the people that are around him. He's got he's got a support staff that is going to help him get from point A to point B. And with you being there, I just can't picture this thing going anyplace but, but gangbusters. I'm excited for, for everybody, everybody. Yep. 
Yeah, well, and even even the public. I mean, they're going to get a you know a, a, a new store, a kind of a new look at the store eventually here. And I mean, there'll be. Um, I mean, he wants to bring in you know categories. And I'm not I'm not saying what they are because I don't know. But I mean, we have a lot of women that come in there, and we don't have a we don't have women's stuff. I mean, you know, maybe he wants to put that in. I don't know. You know, I mean, we haven't talked about it. But I mean, there's going to be more categories. I mean. We could do ATVs. I don't, you know, I don't know what all he's got going, but I know he's got a lot on his on his mind. Well, There's can... a lot of stuff that we could sell that would expand our, you know, our our numbers and our our demographics. But I mean, we've strictly been hunting and fishing. But there's there's a lot of room to grow there because there's a lot of people that like to come there. I tell you what, I can tell you this. He let me. He already shared this with me. He's already in contact with Victoria's Secret. So uh, there may be <laughs> Victoria's I'm Secret. Just, hey, I'm, all I'm going to do is interview the models. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dean, Got a little experience in that field. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dean, uh, I really appreciate you coming on this um, show and talking about. It. I appreciate you know the past six months of a roller coaster. And from me, my beautiful wife, uh, Kirsten, my Brian and Carla, my father-in-law and mother-in-law, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. I'm super excited about this journey. I couldn't do it without you. I couldn't do it without the employees. And uh, thank you to you and uh, Heidi the Mighty. And uh, yep. you can get back to there your you charity, go. and I'm sure you got a cold Miller Lite waiting for you. So I appreciate it, man. Yep. All right, guys. Well, don't. you guys take care, and I won't be a stranger either. I don't. I don't mind doing this. I like. I actually like talking to you guys on this stuff, and cool. that helps the business grow. That helps. You know. That that helps me. So let's like have let's have some fun, boy. And you're the right man. Thanks a lot. Go spend a few bucks out there, Oya. Go 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 raise some money for this guy. Oh yeah, no. <laughs> they they raised. They hey they 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 raffled off the gun, and Capra was mentioned, and I mean, there's got to be 500 people here. Oh, perfect. I mean, they're park. A half a mile down the road, you know, right. it's, the guy was a norm. You know, he's a good guy, and everybody liked him. And like I said, I mean, they, we, we do a lot of stuff that way, and we'll continue to do it. Good you for know, you. Yep, good we for get you. out in the community and do stuff, and it's 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 all good. All right, sir. Take care of yourself. Love you back on again. I'm sure about that. And again, uh, thanks thanks for all you guys do, and and we're looking forward to to the future. I'm excited about this. Take care of yourself. Have a good night. All right. Thanks, Dino. All right. Over and out. Good night. All right. Over and out. We're gonna wrap it up, right? Thanks to uh, Parker, thanks to Brianne, and thanks to uh, Dean from uh, from Capra's. And thanks to Sam for being part of this as well. Every day is truly a gift. I'll tell you what, thanks for being uh, our listeners. We have a lot of fun. Have a great week. My buddy Mark's got something to say. Get outside and make some memories.